1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Wheel of Horror, the podcast where two best friends spin a wheel once a week. It chooses the horror film and they discuss it. Today we're talking about 1989's A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child, which was directed by Stephen Hopkins. I'm
2: your co-host Alec. I'm Eric and with us is just an everyday awesome
3: guy, Andy Danish. Andy, welcome back to the show. Thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, I like chatting with you guys.
1: I know, Andy. You know, you this is you're this is like your fifth time, right? Something like that,
3: right? Yeah, five, ten. Who's counting anymore?
1: Yeah, we we do have a couple guests that are like, this is my twenty eighth time. Yeah, they take it yeah. way too
3: seriously. It's like, I relax. It's like
1: <laughs> I'm
2: competing with Matt. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But um, actually, really quick, I am so curious, Andy, why you chose this one? You know, there was a lot of movies on here. There was also another nightmare movie, but you specifically chose this one. So I am like super curious why.
3: I remember when I first really... Because I watched... I remember growing up and younger watching the Nightmare on Elm Street sequels out of order. So I didn't watch them like 2, three, four. 5 was actually the first one I remember watching. Before I watched 3 and 2, then 4, then New Nightmare. And I remember I first watched it late night on TV. On like late night on TV, it was like TNT or TBS or something. And... It was one where, because it was the first uh, sequel I watched, I think I enjoyed it uh, a lot at the time. And I remember the kills were pretty grotesque in it. So mm-hmm. I, the kills really stood out to me. Like the one where uh, the girl whose mom wants her to be a model is like having her cheek stuffed and then like yeah. she gets killed at the table. That one stood out to me a lot.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like these movies, especially like. I'd say, like, 4, 5, and 6, they just blend together so much that, like, I don't know which ones are which. If I was just seeing random clips. But this one has, it does have its moments. And apparently this one was horrifically edited by the MPAA. So they're, like, the kills that you're mentioning apparently are very tame compared to what they were, actually. So we can get into that a little bit. Um, but, Eric, you had seen this, ab- I mean, when we were kids, we definitely watched this. But you yeah. hadn't seen it probably in, what, like, 20 years?
2: Uh, yeah, I'd say, like, since I was 11 like 20-ish years, which is crazy to say out <laughs> loud. But, yeah, no, it's, 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 you can you can feel the Freddy, like, it peaked. Like, hey, like, we're kind of nightmare, nightmare peaked, at, you know, last time. And then this is mm-hmm. kind of like, we're kind of milking that cow a little much. And I want to just run by, so the first one came out in 84, second one 85, third one 87, fourth one 88, and this one 89. So they had three Freddies in three years. And this is the, no, this is 89, and it's the last one of the 80s, and actually one of the last slashers of the 80s, which is kind of cool. But you can feel the uh, Freddy fatigue, as I'll say, you know? Well, it's not even just
1: that, too. It's like, I I actually watched, um, actually, really quick, Andy, have you seen that, the documentary, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street, like, four-hour documentary where they go through every single film? Have you seen that? I haven't, unfortunately. Oh, you gotta watch um it's, it's on YouTube. It's absolutely amazing. Um, but anyway, so I watched that, the section of, on this movie last night. And bef- in between four and five, all they do is talk about is Freddy Mania, the Freddy Nightmare TV show. Just exactly what you were just saying, Eric. Like, the fatigue was real.
2: Dream Master, which was number four, which we just did on the podcast, million dollar budget and made 50 million. This one came out a year later, eight million dollar budget. So, a step up a budget, but only made 22 million. And we're talking this is when merchandise, Freddy merchandise, is at an all time high. There's like a television show coming out called like Freddy's Nightmares or something. Like, Freddy is hot, but I think people were kind of turned off by this one. Maybe they just didn't go see it twice because it was so. Convoluted and yeah, like you mentioned, the editing process—it sounds like a nightmare. And, and one thing I, I, I read too is it, I feel like they went into this without a full concept idea, and they had too many producers, editors, issues with you got to cut the the MPAA telling them it's going to get an X rating if you don't calm this down, and so they had to like cut scenes, and I guess it was such a big mess of a of a film to make. And it just yeah. didn't really have the concept at the start. It was like kind of like, hey, we're going to do like this baby thing. It's going to be like a really dark take on Freddy. And then it kind of like goes from there. It kind of felt like the sequel trilogy to Star Wars, where it's like, we, we have the first one. We figured it you know, we have the first one. And then like we, we'll we we'll figure it out from there. It's like, that's how this movie felt like. like it just didn't really have the concept fully f- fleshed
3: out. I agree. And I also think to add to that is, they were i think these were the movies that they were trying to push the more uh funny freddy aspects of it because like he started being more of a funny freddy in part three because he had like the whole welcome to prime time bitch line that he like <laughs> totally. ad-libbed, and then i think in four they kind of leaned more into him being goofy and clownish and then I think they kept trying to roll with it into five, and I think it was one of those things where they just shifted course with their take on Freddy, and I think it was just, it it was too much, I think, too much, too much funny Freddy, and it took away from, like, him feeling like a threat, and I know that, you know, that's why I think, because, you know, at one point, it's funny, I even couldn't remember which four you know you were talking about all of them blending together i was like wait which one is dream master which one is the dream child i thought it was the other way around i always thought like oh wait four is the dream child what's the fifth one called i
2: mean it technically is a trilogy too right the dream trilogy aside from warriors which is a little different but that brings mm. in the same character yeah no it's all the dream trilogy for sure right
3: yeah because well i think it spirals off of uh the main characters from part warriors yeah, war- yeah yeah from Diamond. warriors and amanda kruger they introduced that whole subplot
1: in that film yeah that's right yeah and then this one they kind of flesh that out a little bit more that was probably my favorite part is them doing that callback to amanda kruger and the you know the hundred maniacs and that whole scenario um i i liked that part i did like And andy
2: that. can't agree with you more that like It's just like, what do people want? They want Freddy one-liners. They want gory kills. (laughs) They want some humor here and there. And maybe some hot chicks. Like, that's what everyone wants when they go see a Freddy movie. And, like, literally picture this. Like, a bunch of, like, executives in the 80s, like coked out of their minds and being like and then and then and then he says it's a boy and it's like oh my god let's do another line and like <laughs> like that that one joke is it feels like that was like the whole like we're doing this movie for the one it's a boy joke and then it goes from there
3: yeah and i think that they were i could tell they were just wrapped in their brains about like how do we bring them back after the way they killed them in part three <laughs> you know like literally throwing holy water on him making him evaporating like All right, we bring him back from the dead by being born through another woman who uh, somehow is infected with the ghost and all of a sudden he's reborn in a church and, you know, and that's the movie. That's how the movie starts.
2: It's hard. It's hard to keep up with, too. And, like, we could walk through the whole story, Alec, if you want to, like we normally do. But it's just like... There's so much. It, like, first it goes here, then it goes to Jacob, then it goes to the nun, and it's like, oh, what do we, like, the asylum, and it's like, oh, like, so much going on, and it's so convoluted.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's not as many kills as a payoff. I mean, if there were, like, more kills in it, I think it would justify it a little bit more. Like, if there was, like, because there's, like, not even five in it. There's, like, what, three kills?
1: There's less kills in this than any other Nightmare on Elm Street movie. There's three. The original had four, and they've all upped it since then, but this one had three
2: yeah what you think they'd, bu- they'd pump up those numbers right
1: and the the kills are good they're good kills you know the motorcycle the girl getting fed to death the comic book one like they look cool but there's only three
2: that is the three you're right
1: yeah because the girl who goes in the swimming pool or whatever she survives you know and then alice survives and then they just drop this plot line they're like we're done we're done we're moving on and it was like i don't know <sighs> yeah so basically in in dream warriors they set up the plot of like freddy kind of needs a conduit to like you know kill all of the person's friends or family or whatever and then they follow that into dream master and then dream child and i like alice alice really grew on me and joe said last time when we were doing this he's like she's probably the lead protagonist aside from nancy and i was like ah, i didn't really agree with that then but now watching it i'm like she's the only one that's fought fought freddy twice and beaten him twice and she's her survives she gets away with it there you know there's no there's no resolution to her character arc in the next one so good for her i don't know and she's hot as shit she is hot as shit in this one and that counts well we were talking about it on the last one we're like did did she just like get hotter throughout the whole movie and then this one they're like listen she's just gonna be hot the whole time this time (laughs)
2: and she was in that what milf manor show or whatever alec we were talking about last
1: yeah you love that show
2: i watched maybe 30 minutes of it with shannon and we shut it off (laughs) just because we're fascinated by it and it was the most cringeworthy thing i've ever seen i didn't even realize i was watching her at the time when i was watching it too but oof, that was bad yeah she's on a reality
1: show now andy because she's like super hot still she's on a show called milf manor (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> where they like they bring
2: on like the moms and then they bring in the kids but they don't tell them like you're also going like you're going to be dating a bunch of young kids you're going to be date a bunch of milfs but they're everyone else's mom and kids and it's like oh god this is horrible but it's it, it has its moments <laughs> but i watched half an episode
1: yeah it's just crazy that that's where her
3: career kind of led to
2: that's where we are that's where she is that's what she's
3: doing. She well uh, originally her character was played by Patricia Arquette in three, right? Or this is a my... different character. Different so. character. Yeah. Yeah. So Patricia Arquette was her in three, and then Tuesday Night
1: replaced the character. I can't remember her name. Kristen. Kristen. And then Alice became the new Kristen, basically in four and five. So.
2: And they get rid of Kristen pretty e- early in the in the fourth one. So it's like. Alice is four four and five, pretty much. Yeah. Like hard like she's the she's the main character.
1: Right. Yeah. And that's the thing, it's like this is the problem with these three films, is like they introduce all these characters and then the ones that survive get killed immediately as the new one starts, and then we have to learn all these new characters. And I'm like, I don't give a shit about the comic book guy or the hot model or the swimmer. I'm like, these are all just disposable personality traits, just like in the one before the last two. I mean, you remember Eric, we just covered all these, like the friggin' nerdy guy in Dream Warriors who's like, I like D and D or whatever, and then you got the girl that works out in the fourth one. They all have their very basic traits and they kill everybody off I don't like it I like consistency
2: it's it's funny I think the other friend Yvonne was it yeah the one who survives yeah the one who survives I remember she says at like the start of the movie like oh I have swimming practice And I remember like saying in my head like oh I am guaranteed you're gonna die in a swimming pool but oh, she and, doesn't and, yep. like
1: <laughs> yeah but then the guy that loves comics and like you know that guy yeah yeah yeah
2: all over the place with this one I mean do you want to walk through the plot really quickly Alec
1: yeah, I mean, sure. It basically picks up a year after the last one. They're all graduating high school. Um, Alice and Dan are still together. Alice gets pregnant from Dan, which that sucks. <laughs> Eighteen, um, and then uh, Freddy comes back, um, possesses Alice's unborn baby, uses the nightmares that the fetus is having to then possess, like you know, use that power to kill Alice and all of her new friends, uh, who somehow don't know anything about Freddy Krueger. And Alice is still like, yeah, I'm just gonna go to high school and everything's fine or whatever. But, yeah, I mean, after that, then it's just basic Nightmare on Elm Street. Freddy's killing people, picking off the friends one by one. They're trying to, you know, the the Alice is like, hey, you guys got to believe me. Nobody believes her. Then they start getting killed. They're like, okay, I believe you. And uh, the, the main thing that comes back is uh, Freddy Krueger's mom, Amanda Krueger's a nun. She comes back, and they need to use her and bring her body back by touching it, apparently.
2: Yeah, I know. Like, that's all you have to do is, like, just, like, like literally like a gauntlet game or like a video game Just, like Touch the Remains and that's it yeah
1: <laughs> but the, the the thing that i didn't love is you know there's a little kid who's kind of like a ghost kid the whole time who's Alice's future son who somehow is like Freddy's baby now too because i don't know Freddy possessed it or whatever so then the baby is in the future but is able to come back and talk to Alice it, it got very convoluted
2: yeah exactly and i i remember seeing that kid I was like Buck's that kid from i was like i know this kid and i was like i had to google (laughs) it the kid that sam neill like traumatizes at the beginning
1: yeah and really quick about him it's kind of sad but so apparently his dad died while they were filming this movie and I got to see him in the interview, and he was just like, honestly, like, I was so happy that I got this movie because everybody on set was so nice to me, and they, like, knew what was going on, and everybody was just, like, very friendly. And he said he had such a good experience on the film, and he was happy to have that distraction, which, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel, but he was happy about it. No,
2: good good for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm happy yeah. that everyone – I mean, it sounds like, dude, these are fun movies to make. I mean, aside from oh, – yeah. You know the bullshit with editing and and the MPAA that they dealt with. It sounds like I think there's interviews where Robert Englund says like one of his favorite scenes he's ever filmed is when they're in the asylum and he's with like a 200 extras and it's the first time he's ever seen a drone like not drone but like camera jib that's above him and he's like this is so cool like I'm in a like really quality movies like it, it's it was it was cool to him and he he says that's like one of his favorites at least from this mm. movie.
3: It seemed like also, from what I saw, Robert England, like, he was somebody that people liked working with, and he really, like, enjoyed the role, and he's, like, he wasn't a jerk on set. So that's always, it's always a bonus when you have people who play high-profile roles who actually happen to be nice people. Also in makeup, mm. you usually hear
2: people in makeup just be miserable and be like, let's go, <laughs> I'm dying. But he seems like one of those guys, he's like, yeah, I'm burning up in this this mask latex but oh, i'll I'll stay here another eight hours
1: i mean so many people had to put latex on for this one you, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah got the greta with her big face and then even at the end alice turns into freddy for a second she's got the freddy makeup on
2: or it was jacob right the kid had it on
1: he had it too, that. But Alice like got possessed. She looked like Evil Dead for a second. But there's one scene too, right at the end. You know, like how um Alice and Freddie are like, you know, sucked together and they're like, you know, pulling each other apart. You guys remember that scene at the end? Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes.
2: Weird. They're like making out, kind of. I don't even remember. It blurs.
1: Well, apparently the only way they were able to film that is they had to get a Vietnam vet who had his legs blown off, and he was able to like rig his body onto Robert England and play that part because they couldn't figure out how to have that happen so they had to get an actor that didn't have legs to play that and i was like damn, that's good yeah that was kind of an interesting tidbit i thought but yeah that was interesting to me and then also i gotta say of all because they don't carry over the characters that you're supposed to care about and they don't have character arcs or anything like that but you know who did was the dad in this movie he had a full blown character arc recovery. You remember him, Eric?
3: I'm from the fourth one. Total
2: horrific, abusive alcoholic to like the most nurturing. Yeah, jo-
3: John Saxon, right? No, no, not no, not, not, not,
2: not that. Yeah, yeah go out so
1: the dad from this one the guy who's like shows up at the graduation is like I didn't think they'd want the town drunk showing oh, up that guy yeah yeah, yeah so in that's... part four he's like a huge asshole he's just like what is this rabbit food you're cooking me this is bullshit and he's just freaking out at his daughter and his kid and he's an alcoholic and all that stuff but this one <laughs> he they brought the same actor back
2: they kept the story. They kept the story with like, oh, he's in recovery and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, it's like you're going to your meetings. Like they have a lit, and then but he's the good guy at the end. He stands up for his daughter. Like I was like, Jesus Christ, why couldn't you guys do this with the characters from the third one? Just carry them over for these three movies and have have their characters develop just like this guy.
2: That's what my take, dude. Like I like looking at this as like time machine wise. Like I really wish they dove into Dream Warriors more and like the powers that they have. And kept yeah. that going. Like, I love the uh, the strong guy from, from. they immediately kill him off in four. And it's like, all right, well, I really liked him. <laughs> I wish they kept the Dream Warrior thing going for another movie, mm-hmm. at least. <clears throat> yeah. But that's my take.
3: Me, so, it so. Turn him into like an Avengers uh, series.
2: I mean, not, hey, if you could go back, you know, you could make yeah, a lot no. of money if you take that from Marvel <laughs> right about now. And people would <laughs> dig it. People would absolutely love that shit. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, because, like, Nancy and, um, oh, my God, Laurie from Halloween, like, that's what makes you invested, is seeing, oh, and, like, the Scream movies, like, that makes sense, because the characters, you you grow with them as they face these new challenges, but these movies, and same with Friday the 13th, everybody's disposable, so you just, like, don't care.
2: But also, we lose the, not lineage, what's the word, the connection between Nancy and the, the Dream Warriors, because the Dream Warriors met Nancy. And, yeah. And she dies at the end of 3 technically and once um patricia arquette slash uh wednesday night's character dies and in, in, in three or four it's like well no one remembers who nancy is so we lose that nancy aspect right. to it you know what i mean where it's like right. you, you, and- you can picture like them fighting freddie someday and it's like aragorn like for nancy like, <laughs> like yeah. but yeah. no one knows who nancy is
1: I know. They really dropped the ball there. They were just like, people just want to see boobies and, and funny jokes. It's like, no, no, no. We want character development, too. <laughs> like, guys. Bob Shay, come on, buddy.
3: It also felt like um, because Friday the 13th was pumping out, like, one every year during the 80s, I think the Nightmare on Elm Street series wanted to be like, all right, we got to keep one every year, too, because they're coming out with one every year. So that's how, you know, that's the ticket to success is just make as many as possible. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like uh, like you said, I think that it, the character consistency would have been good if they fleshed out each character, like, having special powers within the dream world and having that be, like, the consistent premise for each of the movies. But then, you know, they swap characters out, and then once they get to Freddy's dead, there's, like, a whole swath of all-new characters for a movie <laughs> that's supposed to be, like, so... You know conclusive and it's supposed to be like wow this is the one where Freddie actually dies and gets killed and there's all these characters in it who uh, you don't really know and have no investment in and all of a sudden it's like oh my god the psychologist she's Freddie's daughter whoa and it's like where the hell she's been all this time <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: that's that's what I think the series suffers from the most is just not making us care about the characters, and then introducing new ones that you're like, I don't even fucking care. So, um, but yeah, I mean, all that aside, the positives I think are definitely the kills. Like that's definitely of of the three that there are. That that one's really cool. Love Amanda Krueger coming back. I thought that was really interesting. Didn't love the music in this one, Eric. That was something we talked about specifically.
2: I disagree. I, I like what? the music. I like the music. I don't think the music was that bad.
1: There's no music.
2: There's music. You like the when he goes when in, into the cartoon world and you hear like ding 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 ding.
1: Oh I don't mean the score. I mean like the soundtrack. Like they're Oh like oh, we, oh, 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 oh
2: the sound like with the score is good.
1: The, the, the score's not that good either. The score is literally like dude, it's the Taco Bell dong like Pretty throughout pretty the much,
2: movie. but I, I think I mean it really does carry some scenes though. It really does. Aside from that, yeah. you're absolutely right. The soundtrack, we're not hitting hit any good hits,
1: no... Dude, nothing. Nothing.
2: They were trying to save on the budget, maybe? I don't...
1: Dude, It. we were talking about this, Andy. In the fourth one, you've got Billy Idol, you've got Blondie, you've got the Divine... Like, there was, like, 15 really solid bands on that album, and they played in the movie. This one, I don't think there was one song, aside from, like, weird rap at the end and during the credits. Um, and then also, there was no, like... Do, 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 there was.
3: There, there was. was that didn't... There was quite a bit. Was there? There was quite a bit. I...
0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's
3: or something. They did like a techno disco remix. I didn't stay around
2: for the credits too much. i not
3: going to lie. I thought it was a rap. I thought it was like, Freddie's back and he's here to say,
1: like, I'm going to kill you in your dreams today. <laughs> something like that's what I thought it was.
2: Maybe. But you're absolutely right, Alec. I didn't even recognize that there is no music. It's just the composing and the score
1: yeah so also i need to talk about this scene because i was like okay i know this movie's an hour and 25 minutes long it's not very long but the scene where alice comes home and dan's parents are there and they're like you're not mentally able to handle the kid we talked to the doctor we're gonna take him that went nowhere like what was that scene for we never see those people again why would they just blindly believe that doctor you know and then be like well that's the authority that's all the authority we need is that one doctor saying that because you had a bad your all of your friends and your fucking boyfriend died this week and you're a little distraught so you're not a fit parent it
2: it (laughs) seems like that's all it is is they're trying to make the stress on her like she's starting to lose it and uh people aren't believing her So it like puts the pressure on her. Like I really need to defeat Freddie in order to keep my baby, which is like, it's kind of dominant. Like you said that you see the one scene. It's like, we want our, our baby. It's just as much as Dan is yours. And it's like, that's the one scene, the one scene
3: and they have yeah. to write characters who are like yes like you said they're the authoritative ones and all grown-ups automatically know what's best for teenagers cuz teenagers <laughs> don't know what they want so you have to listen to us and there's always been that dichotomy of like the grown-ups versus teenagers type of headbutting within all the series so i think In that respect, it makes sense because you're Mm, kind of carrying over a theme of like adults know best and teenagers don't know anything. The teenager is like, no, you don't. The adults need to believe us. So I think it does carry that theme or that dichotomy dynamic carries over consistently because that's always been a thing where it's like, no, nobody believes teenagers because they're just teenagers. Mm. So I think that's actually one of the things that's been consistent in the whole series
1: that's true that is true that all of the parents in elm street are horrible they're usually alcoholics and usually just yell and don't listen like you're right
2: that is consistent yeah. and they're wrong they're always wrong they're
1: always wrong <laughs> yeah. it's like they none of them remember i mean like literally this is the fifth movie so let's assume that like five people on average die in each movie there's been 30 kids that have died in the last couple years like guys Believe somebody at this point. I don't know.
2: Get out of Elm Street too. That that street is no good. Well, all right. Well, let me ask you this.
1: <laughs> let me ask you this. Okay. This movie handles some some subjects. You know, it definitely is like a pro-choice, pro-life kind of movie, and to a degree. I just gotta say though, you know what Freddie is. You know what he is. And that one comment of kids like, you know, have you ever thought about like get rid of it? And she's like, no, never. It's like, really? Because he's a demon that's killing, like, everybody. And it's like, and this is a way to stop him. I am I know it's Dan. It's your boyfriend of one year. He got you pregnant. I know. But, like, what are we doing here? Like, kill Freddy. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm pro whatever anybody wants to be. But,
3: like, just, like, come on. There's, There's a reason to do it here. I don't know. I mean you're right, it does handle heavy issues. It also does hint on uh, you know eating disorders with oh, yeah. with you know the mom Credum. being like you need to be thin, you need to be perfect. you can't eat any of this and of course it needs to demonize the parents because the parents are you know telling the children that they need to uh, you know be perfect and look slim so they can be a model. so
2: Well, I think th- those are those are things that were happening in our country at the time too. The oh, yeah. oh and Anorexia, was she, like, that was the thing. And, and
3: That's big now.
1: Yeah,
2: totally. So yes. <laughs> the body image has always been there, but, like, I feel like they're, they're a movie that's delving into it.
3: Yeah, it leaned into it much more in this one than in the other sequels. I think it definitely sort of, like, feature, highlighted a character who was, you know, having to deal with that specifically or was, like, that was their character specifically in all the nightmare sequels yeah and i read mm.
2: something um about how this like the baby idea was kind of pitched for four instead of this one which is five
1: no it's three actually. they pitched it for
2: three but wasn't yeah. like the like one of the executives pregnant at the time and like shot it the fuck down like bad juju like not doing that no 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 Right.
1: All right. So I actually I watched the documentary last night. What happened was one of the writers from three pitched the idea of was like, ooh, what if Freddie like possessed a baby, like an unborn baby? And they didn't like it then. Um, and then actually it's the opposite. So there was a woman. I can't remember her name now, um, but she was one of the producers and she was pregnant during the fifth one. And she actually thought it would that would be a good idea. So she called that writer back and had him come back for the fifth one yeah he's like i was laughed out of the room when i brought up the kid idea and then a couple years later they call me back and they want me to do the kid idea like it's in the documentary i was not sure if
2: i was right or not there but that's that's wild that that she was like i'm pregnant now like this is a good idea we should do like it's wild she
1: apologized because this movie at the end of the documentary at the end of this this segment of the documentary they're basically like listen it was fun it was rushed (laughs) it 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 was the lowest uh, grossing film of any of the franchise and she's like i partly take blame for that because I think the heavy handed issues of pregnancy and all that stuff, it was my idea because I was a pregnant mother at the time and I pushed for it and I don't think that was the direction to go. That's what she said at
2: least. And I have a great um. quote from Stephen Hawkins, the director, while he was being interviewed from Predator Two. Uh, he directed Predator <laughs> yeah. Two as well. He said right. it was a rush schedule without a reasonable budget. And after I finished it new line and the MPA came in, cut the guts out of it completely what started out, out out as an okay film with a few good bits turned into a total embarrassment. I can't even watch it anymore. So yeah, that just says a lot like about the issues this movie had. Like I'm sure it was a good idea on paper. Everything was fitting, good feeling, good. They had the money, everything was okay, and then it just kind of fell apart as they went on.
1: Yeah, he said there was over 20 times that they had to go back and forth of the MPAA. Um, yeah, just you know, and then he also said that. He's like, you know, I've directed a bunch of movies since and This is one of his first features. But the director said, thinking about what we did on the budget we had and, like, looking at the dailies and being like, okay, so these are how many special effect shots we have to get today. He's like, that it would just never happen yeah. today. He's like, the, they were shooting for the stars, and we actually got it done. He's like, but, you know, it wasn't great. But everybody was honest. Yeah, one of
2: my rules is when I when I hear, like, a big movie, like Batman versus Superman, like, for example, like, ooh, I really want to see that. And then I hear, like, they're doing reshoots were like yeah. suicide squads doing reshoots or trying to think of other the, the snow white that or what like there was a few other there's a mutant movie with like uh aria stark that i was like really into for a bit and then um
3: yeah the dark phoenix one right
2: no no it wasn't that it was a, it was a different one and then oh, it's had, the
3: one where they're at a they're at a school the x-men school or, it was like, like new mutants of- or
2: something i think it was like supposed to be like these underground mutants and I was like, ooh, I kind of like that idea. And I heard, like, reshoot, reshoot, reshoot. And I'm like, it's kind of like when a a video game gets pushed, too. It's like, you know, something's wrong. And yeah, no, that, like, whenever I hear, like, a movie does a reshoot, I'm always like, got a bad feeling about that now. So I feel (laughs) like that, this is, like, one of those movies that, like, got torn up in the edit room and it just
3: messed it up. And I don't think, I'm just trying to remember if there was, like, if it was not on the box cover, like the Friday the 13th movies uh, did this, but on the box cover they would, like, showcase kills or showcase gore mm. effects that, you know, didn't weren't actually in the movie. Like, Friday the 13th Part 2 did this, I think, where they had a kill that actually, like, it look, they had the effect on the box cover, but it wasn't actually in the movie itself. Like, mm. the effect, not the kill, but the, like you know the gore or the you know the the gore that was part of the kill yep. i don't think friday the um, nightmare on elm street did this but i could be wrong about that so at least it wasn't like misleading us at all
1: yeah i know i know exactly what you're talking about yeah you'll see like on the box or something of a vhs to be like i don't remember that from the movie or like the D- or the yeah the dvd like loading menu
2: yeah that shit did happen yeah and i'm sure there's tons of deleted scenes from this movie that are out there well
1: Joe obviously Joe Testa has like the laser discs and the VHS of everything but apparently yeah the, the laser disc and the VHS of this have a much longer gorier graphic version of all of the deaths um, yeah so you get
2: that feeling when like Greta's is eating the food and he brings out that doll and all of a sudden he cuts the doll and it's just like something felt like you cut out something here right did you get yeah. that feeling so I don't know
1: oh yeah they definitely did yeah um, but, you know, basically, we're we're almost done with the series. We only have Freddy's Dead and then the remake, the uh, 2010 remake. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we're getting there. We're almost done with Freddy. Two more
2: Freddy films. I was going to ask, like, we also went out to order, Andy, too, with, with oh, these movies. Oh, yeah. So.
3: No, no worries. It's cool. I mean, whatever has more meat on the bones. Yeah. Yeah. One other
2: de- del- deleted scene was when uh, the comic book happens and then um, uh, AHA comes out and does uh, a an rendition <laughs> of uh, Take on Me.
3: <laughs> is that real no
2: but i mean like that looked like a take on me kind of
3: oh big time yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> well also dude super Freddy, fuck super Freddy, dude that whole i hated that whole scene that was ran on the
2: denny's napkin that idea yeah
1: <laughs> uh also really quick apparently the guy that plays super Freddy that was not robert england and then that was the guy who's the body double of that sex scene in the beginning during the credits so that's that guy's body <laughs> That's <laughs> and he didn't know wild. and they asked him they're like do you want to do a sex scene and he's like as super freddy they're like no 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 you have a good body like we're just gonna shoot your body in a sex scene how much
2: like 48 yeah. like, dollars <laughs>
1: but he didn't know and apparently he got on set and they're like dude you got a good body like do you want to do this but yeah anyways um yeah do you guys have any uh last minute thoughts here on uh, the old dream child
2: yeah i'll go first uh film lost me at the ultrasound. Like, scene. Like, I was following, I was like, okay, cool, cool. And then the ultrasound, I like, yeah, I kind of lost my interest. Yeah, this is ridiculous. Music, the, comp- the composing was good. Some really cool parts, but it just falls apart in my mind. But that's all, that's my take, generally.
3: Yeah. How about you, Andy? I think this was, because I ended up, had watched the sequels out of order when I was younger, this, it was, I watched this and I'm like, oh man, the other sequels probably aren't that great either. And then... All the other ones ended up being better, so it was like, oh, okay. So, uh, you know, the whole series, you know, most of the series, or at least half of the series, is pretty uh, salvageable and entertaining. But it's just, you know, I happened to f- watch... The first of the sequels I had watched when I was younger just happened to be the worst one. Or I guess you can argue between this and New Nightmare. Depends on what your taste is. Uh, but I guess that and, yeah, I guess I say this one definitely i had to go from underwhelming to pleasantly surprised
1: (laughs) yeah it's all uphill from here pretty much
3: Yeah, the last thing, Eric. I mean, I doubt you'll ever remember this, but
1: Chris Van Dusen I remember loved this one for some reason. We're in Latin class. He would always talk about this movie, like just he's like, "Oh, the baby cart like flies in the air and crashes." And he, I remember him talking specifically about this one a lot. I don't. It's very random.
2: Well, that is random. But Chris was really into cinematography and like shots. And like I just said, there's a lot of cool parts and good shots, but it does it just doesn't make for a good story. But if you watch some of these scenes, like it's it's pretty impressive like when the church implodes at that one scene, like yeah. how do they do that? The car crash was really good, the motorcycle scene. like there's really cool things that happen, but it just kind of sucks. but that's probably why Chris yeah. likes it. Sorry, shout out Chris <laughs> if you're listening.
1: Uh, and the last thing, Eric, uh, I do obviously we're going to cover six and then the remake, but apparently that Freddy's Nightmares TV show, the pilot, is apparently an hour long episode about uh, Robert England or not Robert England, uh, F- Freddy Krueger's like court scene and like what happens, like how the parents burn him. It's like a whole episode about that, so I kind of want to cover that too.
2: I think we should we should we should at least the first episode because that kind of interests me about like how the parents get probably pissed off at the justice yeah. system and, and take matters into their own hands which that's kind of the story
1: it's his it's a legacy story
2: like he gets off right he gets off and yeah they, yeah 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 that's cool and literally like, that's... the
1: end of it is like your troubles on elm street are only beginning and then like yeah, it ends and it's like oh shit so it's a prequel <laughs> it's a prequel to the original one which i don't think a lot of people have really talked about so we we got to, yeah all right let's spin
2: that old wheel though. all right pulling it up ready spaghetti let's spin it frozen not the disney elsa frozen this is a different frozen
1: it's a ski lift movie and it's from the same director as a hatchet so let's see what this guy has to offer when it's not victor crowley um but andy thank you so much for coming back on and i will definitely have you on again in the near future
3: awesome thanks for having me this is fun always fun
1: yeah, dude. We'll definitely uh yeah, next time, I don't know. Any movie catches your eye, just let us know. But otherwise, everybody, thank you very much for listening into our discussion on a Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5: The Dream Child, and we'll be back next week with Frozen. Woo!